Wrapping it up, a uh, couple of nights in Portland. Uh, wow, did 15 minutes yesterday. First time in a long time I've done a longer set. Went okay. Uh, not an attentive crowd, but did all right. Got their attention a few times. Uh, but I was actually pleased with what I did. Uh, when I, you know, I could tell I, I put more, I put a lot of effort into it when the crowd's not paying attention. <laughs> I tend to, sometimes I listen to those sets and I realize that I did, you know, maybe better for my actual performance than, than when things are going perfect. Then you just start, then you miss jokes or you, it doesn't matter as much because everybody's laughing. You rip a little. I stayed, stayed to it pretty good. Got a good 15 on their belt and then ended up hanging out at the strip club, which is part of the bar. They're the same this bar that's adjacent to a strip club. Haven't been in a strip club in 10, 15 years. But uh, it was cool because we knew the DJ and uh, the guy running the show, Jamie Stewart and Kenny Kenny, both both DJ at the strip club. And so we hung out there and and I went to the bar to buy a drink and some lady bought me my drink, which was nice. And not only that, she upgraded it to like $10 tequila. So it was a nice drink. And uh, passed out in the car. Those are the, that's what makes you funny. Like a lot of people rehearse everything, write it down, tape it, re-rehearse it, do it in the mirror, all that. I just like to do things that are, that are funny. Like get really stoned and watch Godzilla versus King Kong three times. Or drive around and sleep in your car and get really drunk. Hang out at a strip club with a wacky DJ. I mean, that'll make you funny in the long run too. Maybe maybe it's the longer road. Maybe the whole rehearsing and writing. She has probably a little more meticulous. Probably gets you there faster, but just becoming a funny person. Living the life on the edge. Maybe it's a little more dangerous and then you could easily slip into a depression or crash your car. But that's what it's about. Life is 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 to be lived. And uh, tonight wrapped up the trip, did a did a mic beaver tin a little more wealthy crowd. They were charging 10 bucks at the door. Uh, I know I had a real good set. But I purposely didn't buy any drinks or anything from them. Because they should have given me a drink or two. Uh, the other place. The place I worked did last night. Did 15 minutes. Two free drinks. 
uh, you know, or some tips and they barely, they didn't have, they had maybe less people in there and they weren't paying anything. You know, then there in Beaverton, not as a little more high, high end suburb of Portland and Gresham. Gresham's just a strip club, basically. A giant strip club, every bar, every little restaurant has a pole. And we'll let people get up. Some of them just strippers just come and work for for tips when they want. It's a little bit of a a seedy place, though. I had to keep my my dog away from the needles lying around on the street, that kind of thing. <laughs> but um, Beaver Ten, home of Nike. A little bit more high end. This place is a big giant club with big huge stage and music or something every night you know but I looked at it and noticed they were charging 10 bucks and a good 20 people probably came in and paid to watch Portland's funny comics myself <laughs> not from Portland but uh Wow, you know, then this the last mic was just in a nice little food district, uh, southeast Portland. Or, no, that doesn't, yeah. Yeah, southeast Portland. Uh, just across the bridge there. Uh, one of my favorite little neighborhoods in Portland. It's, it's kind of a uh, eclectic blend of people really good food um there's a, a lot of it's treed it's a lot of trees and uh, cool little neighborhoods um but uh it was happening tonight i mean for a monday night place it was packed everywhere the food courts the the, the, the little club was just stuffed and the comedians were bringing it I got up pretty late. It was a three-minute set. I was 26th, and there were still a good 15, 20 people going after that. But it was midnight. I had to get get out of there. Now I'm in the rest area on the way back to Eugene. Going to sleep in the van again. And, uh, wake to a new day another lucky's mic and eugene that's a mixed crowd some days they'll have a real good crowd a lot of times it's not in a very attentive crowd but it, those are the ones that make you a comic where you're you're battling you're battling to get a few laughs and once you get a few people laughing the rest of them start paying attention and then you might get a bigger laugh once you got the whole bar, but it's a battle because people, it's a long mic. People start to lose interest or never had it. Well, a poor host a couple of weeks ago was at his wits end because they were just 
there was a lot of people there, but none of them were there for comedy. They were all talking and doing their own thing. And he, by the end of that, he was upset. <laughs> kind of. But again, those are the ones that, that, that make you a comic. When you gotta, you gotta try to like, you, you never blame the audience. You always have the ability to draw them in. If you just, if you just apply your trade and apply your knowledge and, and work it. Yeah. I'm buzzed. I saved a beer here. I don't need to drive sober out of Portland. Especially this time of night. I saved a beer here in the car. The Rebel on the first reel mics. I did a Portland mic a few weeks ago, but it was just one mic um, at a golf range. A comic put together a, a comedy show there during COVID. And it's still going. A lot of fun. Like to do that one again when it's on a Saturday. Um, I might start uh, hosting every once in a while a mic on Saturday at the um, at Balco's next to the strip club, the place I I did my fifteen and uh, the guy running it, Jamie, mentioned he's getting a little burned out, needs somebody to help him one of these nights. So maybe every other weekend I'll start coming up to Portland, do a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and host on Saturday. It's a variety mic, which is cool. I can uh, there's some music and comedy, and uh, probably bring a harmonica, play a few songs, do a few jokes. And it's just kind of this kind of the thing I've been wanting to do. And, uh, I drive around anyway. It doesn't really matter where I sleep. That's the beauty of living out of your van. You're not tied to any one place. I've spent a lot. I've traveled out to Arizona. As we found out in my last boring bod podcast, wasn't a great one, I gotta admit. But um, it's pretty. I've also, since I've been back, done quite a bit of little traveling just around Oregon. And that's Oregon's a lot of fun. Don't have to go hundreds and hundreds of miles. And on the coast, and Portland now twice, and Salem twice. Uh, getting out there, met a few people tonight that I was only friends with on Facebook. Cat uh, came up to me after the Beaverton mic and congratulated me on my set or told me I had a good set. And first time he'd got to see me, he'd seen me on Facebook, which basically means he'd seen me write little jokes on Facebook here and there. Which I, I still enjoy doing. Anytime. I never really am too serious with people's posts. Every once in a while if it's something serious. You know, just condolence or this and that. But 
If there's an opportunity to make a little joke on Facebook, I always try to. Every once in a while I get unfriended. But oh well. It's, I always look look at it as there's, you know, for every one person that is too serious or gets upset or whatever, there's several more you can add. They're just they're just imaginary people really that you don't ever Oh, well, I say you don't ever get to see them, but you do. Like I said, I met a guy tonight. That's uh, the, con the con conclusion. Sunday, Monday in Portland. And tomorrow, back in Eugene. I might go hit Bend on Wednesday. On the way back, I gotta go back to work. Back out to my house and do some damn work on it. Not how much time I'll have for comedy. But yeah. That's probably maybe a good thing. Take a little break. Uh, consolidate everything I've been writing. I really don't need to write too much new shit. Since I've probably got a new 20 right now. That's been doing pretty good. And by new 20, I mean there's probably four or five minutes of old jokes that I keep my starters but uh I'd like to replace them but they still work so <laughs> might as well keep doing them like nothing has to be replaced until I do my first hour Netflix special and then it's all gotta go but that's why people's first specials are the best because the first specials have like 10 years of their best material on it. And then they got to write another one in two years. It's completely different. Well, they might be able to use some of the stuff they didn't use on that special over the... It's still not the same as putting your best stuff from five, ten years together. It'll be back. Maybe I'll get somebody else to talk here in the last five, ten minutes of this. Find somebody to interview tomorrow at Lucky's. Eugene's longest running blues. Blues jam. I still say that sometimes. Longest running open comedy mic. Chaz Logan Hyde. in the fucking I-5 going all these cool mics in big cities and I'm happy that he came back down here to do mine. Give it up now for Jubal Chaplin! I apologize for my dress. I look a little bit like that coach you don't quite feel comfortable leaving your kids with. <laughs> I know, I look like Sean Penn and Doc from Back to the Future. Had a butt baby. I don't know. 
mad at dudes on mushroom. Apparently can give a woman an orgasm. I still can. I looked into it. Uh, it doesn't work on all women. So it's just like a dick. I'm not that, that impressed. No, where are my ass eaters here? Got, I noticed back in Oregon, this, this guy, I don't believe you. Let me smell your breath. No, I ate ass once, but it was just a slip of the tongue. I was like, you know, it just started to taste different. A little too loud. Last night, had to, had to, got to do a memorial, uh, going away roast, going away to wherever, Valhalla, <laughs> going away to the after whatever. Anyway. Comedian died. Uh, good, good little guy, Connor Satterfield. And last night, instead of really doing a roast, I wrote a few roast jokes. And I'm not a roaster. I worked on a bit, essentially, where I try to get this comic who was bisexual to blow me, and then I end up in the blow her position neither it's not as dirty as it sounds but it's it's had a lot of uh, opportunities for punchlines and and uh i was super nervous trying to do it and i did it and um went over well they all a lot of people thanked me and said it was hilarious or not necessarily just the bit but uh, I did some stuff I knew would work too. But uh, you know, I got a bunch of hugs from family and friends of so said deceased Connor Satterfield. Got a lot of potential to be a very good comic, and he was a good guy. Whenever I visited Ben at a couple shows, Ben's funniest finals last year. His first show was one of my shows, show I got to do in Bend. And uh, so there's a little connection comedically, but also just just jerk, jerking off in the parking lot. Uh, you know, not, not figuratively. <laughs> However, the... Uh, It's been a weird few months. I uh, did, did comedy to a bunch of emotional laughing. They just went to the memorial and cried. And, and, uh, I did comedy to a bunch of family. And, and uh, also to two or three people. And a nearly knocked dead roaster. So... It's been <laughs> some fun comedy memories. Ones for the story. I should need to write them down, maybe. Maybe not this one, but the roast one. The, or the, the heckler who got knocked out. It's sort of a funny story. 
brutally violent, but funny. Uh, sudden and brutal violence. Very quick to the point. <laughs> uh, but I'm thinking a lot about uh, comedy and always kind of comes back to the same how woke do you want to be how unwoke I just see so much of the straight like it's become sort of the sellout route where you just write a lot of really catering to the left material and really soft material because that's what it ends up being if you never tackle any any of the harder realities of the world we live in. But it's not like undoable. It's just just seems like comedians all wanna I mean comedians are very fiercely competitive whether they act like they are or not. Uh maybe not Not so horrible. I mean, we all help each other. We all want to see each other succeed. But I think our 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 goal to do that is to become rich and famous, and then maybe I'll help out some of my friends <laughs> or something like that. Like there's that when people talk about chasing the dream, or the, I'm just like I've gotten good at being funny. In the last few years, I was writing roast jokes, and they were they were pretty scathing. And I didn't even want to do them. I did a few, but I've been so trained in the woke culture. When you go into the roast formulas, a lot of it's off limits. Any other format, it. So, and also it's very formulaic, like it's just basically kind of the same making fun of human foibles that you attach to people based on their looks, like, you know, or just, just anybody really, you can just say anybody can't fuck or isn't very attractive in some way make a joke about it or or they're uh they're i don't know out it's really like the two jokes i got one is something i've been has come to my attention and i already knew it from listening to tapes is depending on my energy level like tonight doing podcasts it's usually pretty low it depending on my energy level greatly affects my sets i've been really concentrating on projecting since I know how to do that I just uh I get too relaxed sometimes on stage it doesn't usually happen in front of big audiences but uh one of the jokes a comedian laid on me was I was inventing a new genre mumble comedy so hit right on that which I I, but it was actually pretty good because it wasn't just a standard the other one was about my new mustache (laughs) 
and looking like Sam Elliott's not successful brother. It was good. I can't really remember too many, too many other jokes that came on me. I, I started out with my self-deprecation jokes, making fun of them for not making fun of me very good, and got more laughs. Uh, like, there's a lot of material to work with here, so I'm pretty disappointed. And then went into, you know, just some stuff. But uh, it was pretty cool to be able to entertain a group like that. But it was also challenging from the aspect of wanting to cry half the night and then laughing the other half. And then the end of the night, watching the father get up and try not to cry in front of everybody, even though he was really loaded. And, <laughs> you know, and I forget what he said the prescription drug was, but he he's an old guy that just started smoking weed, and he'd smoke some weed, and he was clearly drunk, and he was on a... Fuck, it wasn't Darvana, that's an old drug some kind of a Klonopin. Klonopin. You druggies know what that is. I don't. But I, I've heard it before, so I imagine it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. That was quite... The... The Roast of Connor Satterfield's Memorial Comedy Show. Um, was a, was worthwhile uh, in a lot of ways. I spent another $100 almost. Fucking $50 and then the gas there. So, not 50 Yeah, I think it was the tip I spent the drinks. I gotta remember to bring my tequila to put tequila in the car more. Like that's how I got, that's how I save money when I go around. So I, you know, buy a drink or two. But last night, well, I guess I had a sandwich too. So that's why it was fifty. It was another twelve bucks or whatever. But I'm so cheap. I know people go out and spend a hundred bucks at a bar just regular. That bar raked a lot of money um, off of that little thing. <laughs> they probably needed it though they're probably not doing all that great either well I think that's a wrap on this uh, so, so here's some more comical adventures uh, traveling around uh, I think I'm going to sell my house uh, for not much it's not a big deal it's mostly a bunch of trees that we're going to grow anyway that improved it. The house itself is borderline to haul off or fix. I haven't done shit to it. I've put half a roof on and painted it. That's it, pretty much. And the rest, the other half of the roof, it's just destroyed, pretty much. It's not good much. I'm just, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm fucking dust in the wind, is what I'm saying. Uh, I've been playing homeless for long enough. I think if I just move around enough, people can put up with me for four or five days. And then 
I'll just move on to the next little thing. I've already kind of got a little rotation in Eugene, and plus I don't mind sleeping in the car, although there's so many people doing that now, and a lot of them are scoring speed all hours of the night, or the other day, a little fuck face pulled in to the slot where I was sleeping in, right next to me, left his fucking super loud stereo blaring, right? And then his girlfriend got out and blocked out some windows, passed out in the back seat of this little fucking car. And it's like fucking 6.30 in the morning. He's coming in to crash, man. And he just slumps over the front seat and fucking falls out like a night on speed, obviously. It's the fucking music blaring the whole fucking time. Just straight up seat passed out, slunched over the fucking steering wheel. And then I had to get up at seven. <laughs> and I don't usually get in when I sleep in my car. It's because I can't go bug people too late at night. I'm, I'm going in at 12 to 1.30. So I need my sleep. They just wake me up all hours of the night. I found another homeless camp. Out area where I could park up the street and it's a little quieter, but um, it's not a technically legal. It, that's Eugene, and then when I'm on the road, I just find nice rest areas or drive a little out of town to a park. I break the law a lot of times, parked in front of a park somewhere that you're not supposed to be after 11. 10 or dark or whatever it is in the forest you know or some logging roads and whatnot what are they gonna say uh you know i pulled off at 2 30 in the morning to sleep so i wouldn't crash my car i'm leaving in four or five hours because i don't sleep much longer than that anyway and I just catch a nap in the afternoon it's just funny getting older you used to, like, nod off in the middle of the day because you tried some exotic lewd or some shit. And now you do it because you legitimately need a nap, which, well, that's not going to go too hard. That's kind of filler. That's not even, I don't know. <laughs> So that's another podcast, Cuz Podcast, basically using this to record all my sets. Maybe I'll put something here on the end, a little piece of something. And then I got to do a podcast to keep it going. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs>